Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1800 060 896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Where the leader going off stride there momentarily was uh, Lightning Dan. They've got to my ultimate Byron. Have a look at the acceleration. The turn of foot of leap the fame. It's put pay to them. My ultimate Chevron's driving up on the inside. Hot deal runs home, but the derby is all over. Leap to fame is going to annihilate them. Cruises down to beat Major Perry, who got out late, grab second, hot deal. Fourth's a Camry, you've got... Yeah, proud three. to be a Queenslander watching Leap to Fame make a mess of the rivals there in the derby at Benangle the other night. Chris Barsby, good morning again. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, great scenes there on Saturday night. Grant Dixon claiming his second New South Wales derby. Jeremy Lee won it back in 1994 when the race was staged at Harold Park. So... He's had some wonderful horses, Majestic Mac, Colt 31, Governor Jujon in recent times. But this guy, you don't want to sort of go the early crow, but he could be better than all of those guys that we've just mentioned. He was superb there, not only in the final, but also in the heat the previous week. So all roads leading towards the Winter Carnival. Mm. Thinking now. So what will happen now? A bit of a let up for him, Chris, do you think? Um not too sure, Steve. I'm not too sure because he's not Q bred. He was purchased from Sydney at the APG sale down there. So he's New South Wales bred. So uh, he's APG eligible. So I'm not sure when those features line up, but obviously the Queensland Derby and the, the rising sun has got to be a real target for him now going forward. And Colt 31, what's happening with him? Uh, not 100% sure, Steve. The last report I got told that he was... Uh, headed home. So the Sydney campaign was over. He finished at the rear of the field at his most recent start down there and then he uh, headed home. So I think it's back to the drawing board with Colt 31 and I, I think they'll just try and work out uh, what's what's up with Colt 31 because he's well below his best. So they've got some work to do with him. Whether or not he returns and, and is seen during the, the Tab Constellations remains to be seen. But uh, the last report I had that he was back in Brisbane. Of course, he's got stud potential too, Chris, hasn't he? Uh, to a degree, yeah, to mm. a degree. Okay, David Brick's with us now. Well, I wanted to ch ch chat with David Brick because uh, I, I was out of action last week with power issues myself, and we've all seen the pictures, Steve. We've all seen the vision, the photos, the the the, the, the vision that's gone global, basically, of Albion Park and, and Brisbane, for that matter, underwater with the flooding last week, that crisis that took effect. So... Uh, we were knocked for six, in particular Albion Park, and uh, it's our metropolitan home of harness racing here in Brisbane. And not only at harness racing, it's also the home of Greyhound Racing as well. So two codes were knocked for six. David Brick is the harness racing manager for Racing Queensland, and he joins us now. David, that, that, they were tough pitches to look at last week, no doubt. Yeah, good morning, Chris. Steve. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, certainly um, but for many who worked there, raced there, um, or enjoy entertainment there. It was certainly a very different-looking venue uh, mid-last week. You could hardly even get access until Friday just with the uh, tide coming in and out and uh, continuing to uh, to inundate the venue with water. So uh, the clean-ups really only started over the weekend and, and yesterday, and credit to the clubs and volunteers that have helped out. It's certainly a different-looking venue than what it did look mid-last week. Uh, still plenty of work to be done but uh, everyone's doing their best to make sure we can get back racing as soon as we can. Okay, so the clean-up is now underway, like you said. How big a job is it, though, David? Oh, look, it's significant. 
look, there's a, you know, a fair bit of progress being made from the track's point of view. I think for both clubs, there's uh, you know, good progress there, and, and some of the other facilities outside, such as the stables and, and car parks, there's very you know, solid progress being made there. Um, you know, there are a number of venues on that grand, grand floor and facilities on that ground floor that were basically inundated with water for, for four days. So the damage that uh, to those and in behind walls and um, whatnot, uh, that's still being assessed. And there's no doubt that there will be you know considerable damage there. And, and once we've got a better understanding of that, we can put a plan together. Um, whether it be to repairing those facilities um, or in the short term providing. Uh, I guess other facilities for those uh, requirements, where they stewards' rooms, drivers' rooms, etc. Okay, is help on the way? Oh, look, there's certainly help um, from from many many aspects. You know, certainly participants have been very helpful. The clubs are working really well together uh, in conjunction with RQ. So. From that point of view, I think we're all in the same boat, that we want to get that back racing as quick as possible. Uh, one of the, the main issues at the moment is, is because um, the venue and switchboards were underwater, uh, there's significant damage to those, and so parts uh, are required to fix that to be able to power up the site. So that's one of the, the main issues at the moment, is the, the getting power to the site probably won't happen until some stage next week, and then from there, and you know, that'll enable a better assessment of some of those services um, and uh, and what type of damage and, and furthermore what uh, rectification works are required. So certainly plenty of uh, plenty of help, but uh, I guess just the extent of the damage, um, as I said, from uh, that perspective and, and getting power back to the site uh, will at least give us some indication as to, as to when we might then be able to return to racing. Okay, the big question that follows that then, is funding being made available? Oh, there's certainly. I mean, there's funding from, I guess, a range of areas that are that has been made available. Um, certainly through uh, from a racing perspective, from RQ through the, and the clubs working together. Uh, but there's also the government aspects, which you know is available to uh, to many sporting organisations out there that have been impacted by it, uh, whether they've lost facilities or um, also lost um, operations for a period of time. So. I guess there's a number of different sources that are being made available, um, but certainly from an RQ point of view, um, you know, it's an important venue for both codes. So um, we'll be working with the clubs to make sure we can get it back to a, a racing state. And there'll be some, there'll be some funds uh, required in that. Um, there's obviously aspects of it where there's insurance involved as well. So um, I guess there's probably not just one funding source. There will be many, I'm sure. And I'm, I'm sure that'll be the case for, for many who have been impacted by the floods. Okay, and a lot of trainers and properties were damaged and uh, received, uh, you know, a lot of rain. Uh, obviously, some were completely submerged, some were really inundated with water. But there is a trainers assistance fund as well. Yeah, that's right. And that's an important uh, point, Chris. That you know, as I said, Albion Park's one thing. We've obviously had other race venues, Redcliffe and Marburg, that have had damage as well. So credit to those clubs to get back up racing. But as you said, participants as well have been impacted by it. Um, through their own facilities, whether it be stabling um, and or race tracks at uh, training tracks they have themselves. So, yeah, there is a, a training assistance fund available 
um, up to $700 uh, made available to those trainers to assist with them um, helping to get you know, things back going. Um, you know, it's, it's good to see the volume of horses we have seen um, at the races um, over the weekend and then moving forward with being able to fill you know, eight or nine races each of the race meetings, which is you know, credit to the participants to get, the, get back up and going. Uh, but there's no doubt there's been an impact from that point of view, either through the fact of um, a damage or, you know, I know there were many participants and, and many Queenslanders who still were without power and even up over the weekend. So that obviously hinders abilities to get back on their feet as well. There was a working bee held yesterday at Albion Park. You were there. Um, what's the biggest issue? Is it the track or the facilities itself? No, I think, look, I think for the time being, the, the, the number one, uh, I guess, issue we're facing is just with the, without power at the site. I think that's probably the, the first and foremost. The tracks themselves, there's been some really good progress made there. And so while there was significant damage to both tracks, um, given that there's not a, you know, any requirement for power to be able to uh, to assess and improve those, that works being able to be uh, started and, and is a fair way to being um, completed. So from that point of view, I don't think sort of the, the track's availability will hinder the ability to return to racing. Uh, it's more facilities-wise, as I said, being able to get in there and assess uh, and, uh, and determine. You know, it's probably a bit of what you can't see, as I said, power on the ground and, and what damage may be to any of those. Um, a, lot of the, um, a lot of the boxes, the power, the lights, um, they were obviously underwater as well, so assessments have to be made of, of all those facilities, um, judges' facilities um, and, and callers' boxes such as that you use. Again, you know, all that uh, structures of those need to be assessed as well to make sure it's safe, but just, not just from a, a racetrack point of view, but the rest of the facility. So, um, as I said, that's, um, the assessment of those aspects is still ongoing. Um, and when we get a clearer picture of those, where they're at, will be able to provide a better timeline for being able to return to racing. Okay, they've pencilled in April. Is that possible after being there yesterday? I think, I think, it's, I think it's possible, uh, but certainly don't want to uh, screw down a, a time on it at this point in time. As I said, it's really that until we can get that power back on and have an understanding of uh, what condition that's in, um, that'll give us a better indication then. So I think probably yeah, mid to net, late next week we'll, we'll have a better idea of, of where those things are at. Um, but I think, you know, if, if, if um, those services are in reasonable nick and um, some other facilities such as stewards rooms, which would take a fair while to be uh, upgraded and improved from the site that they were in, I saw yesterday, um, but, if, you know, there are other rooms and other facilities that we could use, for example, on the first floor um, to make temporary facilities. So, um, you know, I think certainly April's possible, but, um, you know, again, it, it really needs uh, those other services to be uh, ensure they're safe. So once we return in April, that's when those trotting features are going to be held? That's the plan, yeah. So at this stage, we have to try to... We, we've sort of put them back tentatively to the 2nd of April, uh, but... Uh, you know, again next week. Once we've got a better idea, then if we have to reschedule them again, then we'll consult with the participants. Um, they're all very understanding, and you know we're trying to put them on where uh, it's best for everyone. Noting that um, you know it's not ideal that we've had to, to move them, but I, I think everyone understands that um, that's just the, no one's fault. It's just the the reality of, of what's happened, and um, we'll try and put them on at a time which is as suitable as possible. Okay, really appreciate the update. There's just one other thing that I wanted to mention because we touched on this earlier, Steve and I. Queensland's success across the weekend, and this is with a view to the Tab Constellations coming in July. 
Leap to Fame was able to win the New South Wales Derby. Last year, the Rising Sun, the winner of the New South Wales Derby was Pat's Beach Storm. He got an invite to contest the Rising Sun. Do you throw out an invite to Leap to Fame and Connections following his Group 1 victory there on the weekend? Uh, we've certainly uh, had some interest from the connection. Uh, so, look, I think, you know, as you, as you both touched on, it was an outstanding performance. We'll have a discussion with our, our racing team and I'll touch base with the club. Probably, normally, we probably would have done it earlier this week, just but just given the, the other issues, I guess, we're facing, um, been concentrating on those. But certainly, uh, later in the week, um, I'll certainly have a discussion around invites, uh, and the racing out of the weekend, knowing that there were some other performances um, you know, occurred or went round over in New Zealand as well. So we're certainly keeping an eye on, on that, but um, certainly the fact that uh, he was a Queenslander and he performed so well, um, yeah, there's plenty of factors in his favour from that perspective. Um, and we'll certainly look at uh, look at that performance. So it's good, great to see our Queenslander perform so well. And um, yeah, of course, as part of the, the uh, revised carnival this year, there is also a... Um, the Queensland Sun, which will give an opportunity for a Queenslander to step into the race as well. So um, who knows? We might be able to at least have a couple of horses in there this year. But um, look, we're certainly, uh, he's one horse we're certainly looking at um, that I think, you know, could fill the field um, come uh, come July. Dave, we know with the Greyhound racing industry, they've got their new track uh, going in at Yamanto. We know that. Just with harness racing, just to give our listeners a bit of an update, when do you think uh, Racing Queensland may be able to announce something, a new harness track in southeast Queensland? Yeah, there's plenty of work being done on that at the moment, Steve. Obviously, we all know the situation with regards to the, the Olympics and, and taking over that, that site. Uh, so, look, I think certainly at some stage during this year, we'll need to be, we'll be in a position to, to announce that. Um, as I said, there's, there's plenty of work being done on that between RQ and the club. Um, so it's certainly uh, a priority project. Um, notwithstanding that, the Albion Park will be hosting the Inter-Dominion next year. So um, that will continue for, for the foreseeable future. But uh, certainly the next time we'll be hosting the, the Inter-Dominion, um, the intention will be it'll be a, at an, another venue. And um, certainly um, I think that'll be announced at some stage this yeah. year. People don't realise there's a lot of red tape, isn't there, and uh, different approvals and government to get through and all that sort of stuff with a with a proposal like that. Yeah, that is. Yep. But anyway, at the same time, there's a timeliness to it. And um, if, uh, you know, we, we've got to be out of there to be able to build a, uh, facilities for the Olympics. So um, there is, uh, you know, we do need to, uh, to have a site so we can start building as soon as possible. Okay. David, I really appreciate the time. We'll be in touch. No worries at all. Thanks for your time, James. Yeah, David Brick. Scott Steele is now with us from Albion Park, Chris. Well, I wanted to talk to Scott as well because Albion Park made the uh, the news bulletin last night on Channel 9, part of the Sport Report with Wally Lewis. And uh, you look at the pictures and, and you just wonder, does it do it justice? And the right person to answer is Scott Steele. He's on the ground there at Albion Park since the floods took place late last week. And he's uh, with us now. Scott, do the pictures do it justice? Good morning, Chris and Steve. I'd have to say no... Um... Chris, uh, when you look at, uh, I've got one of the pictures I, I saved was when our new marquee that we'd put in was three quarters covered in water. The massive water and the destruction that it's caused here at Albion Park and the, the mud, the slime, the smell, uh, it really doesn't uh, until you get down into ground zero and really have a look. And that um, it certainly um, is a bit of a challenge when you first walk into it, but uh, I must say the boys have really chipped in and, and got on top of it. So, uh, yeah, so it, um, I don't think actually all those pictures done it justice to what uh, what the the facility went through. Okay, uh, flooding is no 
um, you know, stranger to Albion Park. We've seen it many, many times. But just with what we saw last week or what we went through last week, worse than 2011? Yeah, without doubt, and especially speaking to those people that were here, Chris, it was. And I think what sort of um, uh, what, what sort of made it a bit worse too was the high tides and the, the king tides that were coming through, which seemed to be getting bigger and bigger. So even when the weather had stopped, we were still getting water coming up and down. So couldn't actually get to clean stuff off because you knew we were going to be you know, four foot underwater within a few hours' time. So um, definitely a lot more massive water and more consistency and obviously lasts a lot longer as well. Obviously, uh, engineers, uh, is there anything that can be done in the future to try and you know at least minimise some of that, that flooding if it ever happens again in the future, Scott? We just talked about the Olympics heading to Albion Park in the future. Yeah, well, obviously you might have to be in an aquatic centre or, or use the canoeing down here or something yeah. like that. But uh, I think they would have to have it looked at all that. And because of the low lowing area, and it's been happening now for 30 years, I just and obviously people smarter than me can have a look at that. But uh, I would say it'd be a real struggle, especially with those tides coming. Like when it's, when we have a real king tide, it floods here without rain. So um, yeah. I know some parts of Brisbane, they did introduce a, a, a plan, didn't they, and implemented some mitigation and that, that did help. I know some business owners in Rosalie, that area, for example, on the river, it did help them, what they did there. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think they'll have to certainly look at that before um, turning the soil on any sort of uh, stadium here, that's for sure. Well, I just want to touch on this uh, for both of you. And David just mentioned it then, David Brick, about the Olympic, you know, Albion Park is tipped to be a side for a, an Olympic venue in 2032. Does this at all change now, or is it full steam ahead that uh, this place floods all the time and it's still going to be an Olympic venue site? So does anything change, Scott? Oh, I don't think so. I think RQ have got this marked uh, for sale. Um, I think they want to cash the site in. So I honestly don't think it will. We've sort of been down that track a few times. And, and obviously, as a club, um, we didn't want to leave our home of harness racing, Metropolitan Harness Racing here, but we are working with RQ to find a new home. But uh, um, I dare say uh, the fight to keep the creek is gone, but uh, unfortunately. But uh, as you can see, what uh, what devastation it can be when it rains and the king tides come. You'd be nervous if you were buying there, but uh, anyway. Uh, the clean-up continues. Working bee held yesterday, and you had a good turnout. You had a few jockeys down there. You had a few of the... Uh, the trainers and drivers, and even I think I saw Pete McMullen driving a bobcat yesterday. So he can drive the horses, he can drive a bobcat. So a good turnout yesterday. Well, I've seen him on the bobcat firsthand, and I reckon his skills at the bobcat might be better than on the horses. I don't know, but no, he's done a fantastic job. And uh, it was great to see Justin Huxley, Michael Murphy, and Georgina Cartwright from the Gallops turn up, and they worked hard. And we had uh, like the whole team here, led by Tony Turpin, Al Barnes, and Brian McCall. Um, they've been going uh, since uh, day one. Um, and obviously we had uh, all our other staff in as well, uh, Steve Hemi, Cole Weeks and uh, Kate Butt. So uh, everyone rolled their sleeves up yesterday and uh, we got a fair bit achieved, which was good. And uh, we even managed to dodge the bull sharks in the car park while we were doing it. So. Are you serious so that's about not, that? that? That's not a furphy. That, that's fair income. There was uh, uh, Slick Motors and our sponsors, their um, uh, owner actually seen it and then... Um, there was a, another bloke from the Quest coming across in a dinky, and he also seen it. So Tony Turbin used to use me as bait to swim around one area while he got to the track on the other area. So, no, there was a bull shark there. Wow. So the work on the track continues, and, and we just spoke with David Abrick. No power electricity. When's that likely? Is it going to be this week or next week? Well, Chris, I uh, had a meeting with uh, Tony this morning and uh, material will go down on the track Monday. It'll be ready for then. So 
by Tuesday afternoon, the track will be back to race conditions. Um, so that won't be an issue. The electricity is probably still eight days away now. So um, and that's the real issue. We don't know what we don't know. With um, Once we get those switchboards back in, then they all have to be tested. And then Energex can come in and turn the power on. So um, the stuff that we've got in our control in our hands, as in the stables, um, the grounds, the track, uh, they would be up ready to go by next week without doubt, next Wednesday. Um, but it's the, just um, what happens with uh, all electronics, the timing systems, um, Sky Channel, all that sort of stuff. So it's a bit early to sort of uh, predict when that might be. But uh, the club certainly has a date that we want to be back in by. But uh, that's it. we all got to work together t towards that. Yeah. I know it'll be the special when the restaurant reopens. Flake and chips, 10 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and I must say, we've got another a group of house racing participants um, from Logan Village. Um, uh, obviously, uh, the sad passing Mel Charlton, his funeral was on yesterday. Um, so yeah. a couple of those couldn't make it. So they're all heading in Wednesday and we've got uh, paintbrushes and gurneys ready for them. So we'll certainly put them to work tomorrow as well, Chris. All right. Well, Bricky was part of the working bee yesterday, uh, and there was a good clean-up that took place, but that work continues. What about the assistance advice you've received from uh, Racing Queensland Chief Executive uh, Brendan Parnell? What have you received there? Sorry, Brendan, who? Sorry, Chris. What was that? What advice or assistance have you received from CEO from Racing Queensland, Brendan Parnell? Yeah, no, crickets there, duck eggs. No, we've had no contact from uh, Brendan or their chairman, Steve Wilson, but uh, I must say, David Brick's been on site every day. Um, Melinda Martin's been out here, Steve Shivlock, so they're certainly chipping in and doing their absolute best for us. Um, obviously, we're looking for some sort of relief funding, uh, which Melinda's looking into. Bricky's been on site here with us every day. His actually wife's a very good worker. She outdone Bricky yesterday on the broom. But um, So that part of it, uh, we're working with Racing Queensland to get the place back together. Um, we're still waiting here on the funding um, to come, uh, what will come away. And I think Melinda's working on that. So uh, we'll see what comes mm. with Chris. Is there a ballpark figure that you're chasing? Oh, look, oh, this club will lose about $120,000 um, uh, for the next four, four weeks. So... Um, you know, something, something in that uh, vicinity was okay. what something we'd be looking at too. And the club, uh, our size, can't afford to have suffer that sort of loss at the moment either. And, and Scott, just with you know uh, nothing from the, the hierarchy at RQ, is that the same for the Brisbane Greyhound Club as well? Um, I can't talk for Luke, but um, I, I know I, I think um, the CEO may be on leave at the moment. So I know uh, the other day Luke hadn't heard from him, but um, um, once I said the the, the uh, the ground staff uh, from RQ are certainly chipping in and doing their bit. Um, but, yeah, no, we're just sort of having a much communication from the executive. And, Scott, just with the proposed new uh, harness site, when that's all announced, uh, the, everyone's thinking it'll be halfway between Brisbane and the Gold Coast in that area? That may be one track, uh, Steve. It certainly won't be the home of Metropolitan Racing. Where's that going to be? Uh, that's still getting worked on. There's a few uh, balls in the air at the moment, Stephen, but I can assure you that Metropolitan Racing will be closer to the... Uh, uh, metro area moving forward. In your personal opinion, where would be the ideal place for a track? I, I think it would be... Uh, I don't think you'd probably justify building a whole new um, venue um, in a metropolitan area, so um, that would have to be considered as to how you might spend your money best to be able to have good facilities upgraded and also have a good racetrack. So um, we certainly need to be within 15 to 20 k's of the... Um, 
CBD and obviously we'd like to be right in the middle of it. So we're sort of working on some options at the moment. We've had to cross a few off, but uh, there's a lot of work going on behind the, uh, the scenes. That's I for understand. Sure, yeah. Could we see a track inside a track? That, that's anything's <laughs> possible, Steve. Anything's possible. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. <laughs> Appreciate Thanks, it. Scott. Yeah, Scott Steele there. Our next guest is uh, the sponsor of this program. Of course, his family is, and that's uh, Darren Garrard. Chris? Yeah, I wanted to talk to Darren because not only that the racing is out of action at Albion Park, but Garrard's Horse and Hound, their shop on course at Albion Park, out of action as well. Darren joins us now. Darren, your shop, looking at the vision, the pictures, completely wiped out. You didn't stand a chance. No chance at all, Chris. No chance at all. It was a disaster. Absolutely. So the, the shop completely gone? No, not completely, but, you know, we've... Um, We've lost a lot, a hell of a lot. So, you know, and we've probably got to put a new floor in the shop as well. And, um, yeah, the costs just get every day, the costs go higher. Did did any stock get salvaged? Yeah, we salvaged, We have salvaged some, some stock, you know, the drums and all that sort of thing. They're all fine, but there's a lot of stock there that just, um, yeah, it's, um, it's not worth... Um, Selling really because you know the salt water gets in and the boots with buckles and all that sort of thing, they're all just a wipeout. Yeah, so I can't go to charity or anything like that where someone could make use of some of it. What charity is going to use a trotting boot? Yeah, I thought you know, people <laughs> riding for the disabled and things like that might better use some of the gear. Yeah, it's still, a, it's yeah, there anyway. Mm. Anyway, and, and just for, for, for those that have been to that shop there at Albion Park, Darren, how high? Was it completely submerged or how high did it go? No, I think it went up to just below the window. So you're probably talking, you know, a metre and a half. Yeah. So whereas in 2011, it just got to the to the floor, really, and that was it. But this time she's she's gone up a lot higher. Mm. And being a flood-prone area, how do you get on with some insurance? Um, none, mate. Yeah. None at all. If it was a, a rain event and come through the roof, well, you're a chance, but it looks like you know, there's no insurance at all. You know, and you're talking a shop that had a million dollars worth of stock in it, so it's um, a bit heartbreaking. Yeah, by the sound of it. So the cleanup has commenced. Basically, yeah. you've almost got to strip it bare and start all over again, don't you? Correct, correct. We've got, you know, we've got most of the stock out. We've cleaned the floors. We're just waiting now for um, the floors to be checked, and we can't really do anything until the power goes back on, because you know it looks like the air conditioners are gone. Um, we lost two freezers and two fridge freezers. We lost our canvas. Um, we lost all our computers, our printers. Um, yeah, basically, mm. just about everything. And Darren, I've often said your company is just giving, so giving to this industry. You've been sponsoring, you know, not only thoroughbreds but harness racing, greyhound racing for such a long time. And now it, it's it's turn where you need your company's the one that needs assistance. Yeah, we'll get through it, Steve. It's um, one of those things, you know, we, we got through AI, we got through this 11 years ago, we'll get through it again. And I've just had word this morning that our Menangle store has gone underwater too. So, oh, bad How much stock there? 
Oh, probably the same or more, but hopefully it hasn't gone. We don't know how high or anything yet, but yeah, so it's um, tough times. Just with the Albion Park shop, Darren, is it possible that it could, you know, be back up and operating uh, with the return to racing? Could it sort of work in oh, together, yeah. or is that yeah? yeah? Okay. You know, you know us, Chris. We don't um, we don't back down from anything. Yeah. But meanwhile, the Redcliffe and Gold Coast shops are still open. Yes, they are. They are. So if yeah. anyone needs anything, they can call the one eight hundred number, or they can order online, and um, we'll still deliver their stock to them, no problem at all. Darren, how many stores do you have around the country? Uh, Fifteen, sixteen in Australia, and I think there's three in New Zealand. Mm. Big business. Yeah, it is. It is. So it's um, yeah, we've copped it, but um. Like everyone, there's a lot of other people that are a lot worse off. They've lost their whole homes and got nowhere to live. Yeah. And, you know, there's people like we lost that track at home. It's still not going. It's going to be another week before I can work a horse. And What area is that? Burpengary. Mm, how much rainfall yeah. fell out that way? 1.4 metres in three days. Mm. It is a very low-lying area too, isn't it? Yeah, we're up high, but it's just the amount of water that come off, you know, just wash the track away. Um, you know, we've got blokes like Stewie Dixon that had lost everything in his house. Nathan Popeye lost their track as well, but there's a lot of other people that are a lot worse off. So we'll be back. We're, um, we're still operating. And, um, yeah, we hope to see racing back at Owen Park very soon. Really appreciate the update this morning, Darren. Uh, keep working those phones in Sydney and hopefully you'll have uh, some better news. Hopefully it's not as bad as what uh, you've first been told. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I can hear the emotion in your voice, Darren. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. So there's Darren Garrard joining us. So, uh, yeah, tough times uh, indeed there at Albion Park. So uh, not only at Albion Park, but uh, other areas, so... Yeah, devastating, devastating. Oh, it is so when you work your guts out to build a business. Chris, yeah. it takes a long time to get where garards have got. It's through a yeah. lot of hard work and dedication and then, you know, that insurance situation. And I'm sure there are a lot of people in the same boat as well, but, um, you know, but not covered yeah. with insurance. So a couple of million bucks down the drain, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. yeah.